Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Chapter 28, uh, verse, uh, we'll just start in um, verse eight in chapter 18. This is the Great Commission. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Somebody once made the joke that, that God favors short people because he said, and lo, I'm with you always. So uh, tall people, maybe he's not with us. No, we know he is, praise God. But he said, uh, this is the Great Commission. And, and uh, you know, God's been moving around here. Things have been happening. And I tell you, there is a stirring uh, in, in our church. There's a stirring in the members of our church to see the will of God accomplished and to see things wrapped up. You know, and one of the things we know that'll take place before Jesus returns, which I don't know about you, but I believe that it's going to happen in my lifetime, that Jesus will return. Anybody else, that's your, that's your, that's your desire as well. And, um, you know, it's my desire that Jesus re- will return. Before that can happen, there's, there is a great uh, outpouring of the Spirit that's, that we believe is already at work. And, uh, and we also know that there will be uh, many people who will come to know the Lord as a result of what God does in these last days. And anytime God moves, it is a sign to, to unbelievers of the reality of who Jesus is. And so that sign is put out there. When the Spirit of God moves, it's there to draw people. The Word says that if we'll lift Jesus up, He'll draw all people unto Himself. And so as the, as the, the Spirit of God is moving in the days we're living in and before Jesus returns, uh, Jesus will be lifted up. He will be exalted. And there will be a great uh, inflow of people, new people, into the family of God. You know, we have a couple new births here in the church you know, today, naturally speaking. We're excited about that. That's a glorious thing. But, you know, it's just as exciting when somebody gets born again uh, uh, and, and made into a new creature in Christ Jesus. Amen. Behold, all things are, are passed away. All things are now new, right? Amen. And that's an exciting thing. Brother Mick told me today, he said that today is his 18th year anniversary of being born again. I mean, that's an exciting thing. And, uh, you know, I don't, I, to be honest with you, I don't remember uh, the exact day when I got born again, I was so young, I don't remember it, but I do get and remember fi- being filled with the Holy Ghost at five years old, and, and, and it, was a, uh, it, it was an exciting thing. Well, how do you know you're born again? Well, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. You can't get one without the other, right? And even though I don't remember it, I, it, I know it happened, so praise God. Plus, I have the witness on the inside, right? He's my dad. So um, uh, it's an exciting thing when people are getting born again. It's an exciting thing, and, and it's something that, that one of the things that God wants to do in this day is to put a heart in each of us to see people born again. You know, if, and, and, and this morning, if you say, well, yeah, I like that, it ought to be something that there's a difference between liking the idea and being something that is a driving factor in your life. You, may, you realize that, that people being born again, uh, uh, being welcomed into the family of God, who were once lost, now being found, who once were part of the kingdom of darkness, now being a part of the kingdom of light. You know, that was the reason that drove Jesus and why he came. That's the thing that, that caused him to push forward was his desire to know you and I. 
Not to know of us, but to know you and I, to be in relationship with us. And outside of a a new birth experience, someone accepting Jesus as their Savior, making him the Lord of their life, it's not possible without that. It is the most important thing that can happen in anyone's life is is coming to know Jesus. It it is in my life, it is the, the pinnacle of my life is the day that I met Jesus. 18 years ago, it's the pinnacle of Brother Mick's life, the day he know he became to know he knew Jesus. Whatever day you came into the family of God, you knew Jesus, became a child of God, a son or daughter of God, that is the the biggest thing that could have possibly have happened in your life is the day you knew Jesus. You know, all the other things that happen in our lives, there's so many things that, that want to get our attention and get us onto this and, and to pull us after that. All of those things are minor details to that one decision, that one event. They're minor things. They're, they're small things. You know, th- none of them hold eternal weight yeah, other than getting to know Jesus and being filled with the Holy Ghost. That, that'll hold some eternal weight in you as well, right? Because it makes you productive for eternity. Amen. And so we need that as well. But all the other things, good things, they're they're wonderful things, they're not as important as our relationship with him and people being born again. You know, if anything, during what God's doing and and you're desiring God to move in your life and desiring to know him more and to hear more, these are things we ought to be desiring, right? To hear him more clearly and to recognize his presence more uh, more readily and be able to fellowship with him, right? And to learn and become more like him. Along with that, we ought to all be desiring a heart for people to come into the family of God. And that ought, to be, that ought to be something that is important to us and valuable to us and something that we esteem as, as, as an important thing. If you know the Lord, it's important to him. And that whatever is important to him ought to be important to us as well. And so, you know, it's important that we, we make sure we, we maintain a desire for these things. And in the Great Commission, there's a lot of things, a lot of instructions that, God, or that Jesus could have given uh, the disciples and, and the early church uh, uh, before he left. But this was the last thing he told them before he was taken up. He said, to go into all nations. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of this age. And so it was something that his last, you know, if you go on a trip, and and those of you who have children, you're going somewhere. Our kids are just now getting to the place where we can leave them at home by themselves. Thank God, a little bit. Amy, I'm more willing to do it than, than she is. But anyway, all the guys are like, yeah, I could have done this a few years ago, but the mom is a little more uh, hesitant about that. But anyway, uh, we're leaving them at home with Jack in charge and, and, and so you know, laugh. Anyway, yeah, we, we leave and Jack's in charge. We have to make sure and tell him just because you're in charge, you know, you don't need to be, you know, the Gestapo at the house and, you know, after them. But, you know, you need to lead with compassion and then your kids don't be jerks to Jack, you know. So anyway, we have to give these instructions. But before we leave, we we'll always tell them some, some the, our last-minute things we leave are the most important things. Because, you know, it's easy to forget this and that, but the last thing we want to drill at home. If, if this happens, that happens, you do this. Don't do this. Don't do that. Remember to do this. Do you hear me? What did I say? Remember to do this. Are you listening? Remember to do this. You leave your most important instruction. This was Jesus' last instruction for us. You know, when you read this, you got to realize this wasn't just to the disciples that he was speaking. 
It says here that he, he, he was speaking to us when he saw, uh, when he came and spoke to them. Who is that? Verse 16 tells us the 11 disciples. So he came and talked to them. Uh, it wasn't just Jesus talking to the 11. It's Jesus talking to each of us. He's talking to each of us in these scriptures. And it, and it is the thing that, that should drive us in life. It's the thing that should, should push us forward. So we know that this is for us. And so this scripture, uh, uh, well, let's just read. I'm going to read it again. Jesus came and spoke to them. Everybody look at this with me. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. We're able to do what we do because all authority has been given to him. Listen, and everything that goes on, we know it's because, and, because of him and through him that we are who we are and we do what we do. Anytime you get outside of our lane, so to speak, and get into anything else, you get outside of the will of God for your life. Are you listening to me this morning? Anytime we get outside of our life in Christ Jesus and it becomes about our life in ourselves, what we can do, we are getting outside of God's plan for our life. And not only that, we're getting outside of the grace of God in our life. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be outside of the grace of God for my life. You know, when you get outside the grace of God uh, uh, for your life, things don't always start to go wrong right away. But I tell you, you stay outside of the grace of God and the anointing and the call on your life. Eventually, there are areas of your life that will begin to suffer, and you won't be able to do and accomplish all that God has gifted, called, and anointed you to do. And so we have to always remember that everything we do, it's, it's because all authority was given to him and you go therefore. Authority was given to him and then it's been transmitted through us. So it's in him and through him we do everything. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. So what I want to talk to you about today in the time we have, and, and I'll pick it up some other time if we don't get finished, which is likely not to happen. Uh, I want to talk about disciples. What, what does it mean to be a disciple and to make disciples? Notice in this scripture what Jesus didn't say. He didn't say, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make convert, converts. Are you listening to me this morning? He didn't say, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make believers. He didn't say, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make church members. Now, these are all things that are important, and, and they're vital. You need to be a believer. You, well, you need, you need to, to be a convert. That's important that you get converted or have a conversion experience. That's called the new birth. It's important that, that uh, you be a believer, a truster in the Lord, right? That's, that's, that's an important thing. And it's also an important thing that, that we be church members because, as I said earlier, Jesus is building his church, and so if outside of our involvement in the church, we're not really involved in what Jesus is doing. You know, really, if you think about it, it's, it's kind of insulting to want what somebody has because you know how valuable it is, but not want to be involved in what they're doing. You know, is, is that all right this morning? You know, it's, it's kind of insulting to want what somebody has to offer you but not want to be involved in what's important to them. You want, to, you want what's important to you that they have to offer, but not be, not be involved in what's important to them. And, and, you know, that's why being involved in a local church, not just an attender, but involved in your, in your finances, in your time, in your, in your trust in the Lord, you know, believing God with us and participating in your prayer life is important. 
And, and we don't want to diminish any of those things, but that is not what Jesus instructed the, the 11 disciples or has instructed us to do, is to make believers, make converts, make church members. That wasn't what he said. He said, make disciples. And there is a difference. You know, over the last, uh, uh, last little while, this is just something that the Lord has been uh, dealing with me about and talking to me about and helping me see things in a different light than, I, than I've seen before. And to be honest with you, you know, for, for the longest time, I really uh, didn't understand completely, and I still don't. You know, we're all growing, and we're all maturing, and, and if any of us in any area think we know everything, then you know you don't because you, 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 that's just not the case. We're all growing. We're all growing. And so, you know, I thought I had an understanding of what this is. And so the Lord's been showing me some things about what it means to be a disciple. And, and uh, uh, not just for myself personally, but then also in ministry. Uh, what it means to, you can't make something if you don't know what it is. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. You can't create something if you don't really know what it is. Because once you've created it, how do you know what, that you've created the right thing if you don't even know what it is? And so the Lord's been kind of dealing with me about these things and, and talking to me some about it. And, and of course, you know, I don't know everything yet that I need to know. And, and maybe there's some of you here that know more of various areas the, than even I do. Great. That's wonderful. We'll all be growing. But, you know, it's important that, that we know what this is and we pursue this. A disciple is not just a believer. A disciple is an actual follower of Jesus. They're two very different things. There are a lot of people who believe in the Lord Jesus. I, I, I've always coined it this way. It's one thing to get fire insurance. It's another thing to, to go beyond that, right? And a lot of people, uh, uh, you know, a lot of times what it's important if, to do, we don't want to reach people just from the sense of getting fire insurance, but also creating followers of Jesus. Amen. Uh, let's look at a couple things here. Go with me over to... Um, Matthew, the fourth chapter, Matthew chapter four. Is it possible to, to know him, be in, to, to believe in him and yet not be a disciple? It's absolutely possible. Mark chapter four, what, what did I say? I meant Mark. You should have known that if you're following the Holy Ghost. Mark chapter four, that was a test. Almost all of you failed. So anyway, that's all right. Mark chapter four. Mark, the fourth chapter. Of course, you have this, uh, uh, we're going to talk about some things that, that differentiate so you can know the difference between a follower, a, someone who is a believer, or someone who is a follower. It says here in uh, Mark, the uh, fourth chapter, uh, verse 1, he began to teach by the sea, and great multitudes gathered to him. So he got into a boat and sat, sat in it on the sea, and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. And he taught them many things by parables. And he said in his teachings, and went on to talk about some of the parables that he taught. So, you know, we, we don't know the condition of all of these people's hearts who were here. So we, we, don't, we don't know that. But obviously there were many people here who believed in Jesus. They believed that he, there was, they believed the things that he said. Uh, they came, multitudes came to hear him. You know, if, if people don't believe the validity of something, they don't show up to come hear it. And that, that, that's another side point. We need to become good at demonstrating the validity of the power of the gospel so that people want to come up and come and see what's going on. Amen. Amen. You know, that, that's our responsibility to work with him so these things will be, on de be in demonstration. It's not just on his end. We have a part to play in that as well. 
So Jesus would, 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 uh, was here ministering, and multitudes came to hear him, spoke in parables. And then it goes on to say in, uh, in the ninth verse, and he said to them, he who has ears, let him hear. So that's an open invitation. He who has ears, let him hear. You know, the invitation is always, this is something that's important, that, that we realize that the invitation to be a believer and a follower is open to everybody. The invitation to be a believer in Jesus, to put your trust in him, and to then go beyond that and be a disciple or a follower of him, that invitation is open to every single individual. Now, we know that many people have not in history, there are people today living who have not accepted that invitation, have not responded to the invitation to make Jesus the Lord of their life. But it's also true that there are people that, that you can make accept the first invitation, and just as much as others reject the first invitation, you can accept the first and reject the second. It's possible to do that, to reject one, to accept one and reject the other. No, we ought to do both. They came and they, obviously many of them we know believed in him, but then he said, let them who have ears to hear, let them hear. What does it mean? That means pressing on a little bit further to find out what does this actually mean? How does this apply in my life? Then verse 10, but when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. So we see that after the multitudes had left, the 12 were, were there. The disciples that are called the 12 disciples are there. But along with them, others stayed. Others were there as well. So it wasn't just something that was available for only the 12 for only those who had a special, quote-unquote, calling on their life, it was open to anybody, and others stayed along with the 12. So then Jesus, you know, began to explain the parable. Of course, we have the parable of the sower he talked about. And then he uh, 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 talked about some others, talked about the uh, parable of the growing seed, the parable of the mustard seed. In verse 33, when he had, and with many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it, um, uh, but without a parable, he did not speak to them. And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. He explained all things to his disciples. Who, who understood what they meant? Just those who believed or those who stuck around? Those who stuck around, those who followed. And so it's important that, that, that we see that there is a difference in believers and being uh, those who believe and also those who uh, uh, follow. Go over to John chapter 12. John, the 12th chapter. Is this okay today? Praise God. John chapter 12. We're going to look in uh, verse 42. Now, the, the header of this section, uh, they've got it, things separated here in, in, in sections, is walk in the light. Verse 42 of John chapter 12 says, Nevertheless, even among the rulers, many believed in him. Notice, even among the rulers... Many believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. So we can see they believed in him, but they didn't go further with it. Their trust was in him, or they believed in him, but they didn't confess him. They weren't, they weren't willing to, to have that put out in the open for fear of what others thought. And then it goes on to say in, in the next verse, uh, what verse is that? Verse 42 uh, verse 30, 43 says, For they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. And so it's possible. We, there's many examples we can go through. We're not going to spend a lot of time. You can see where it's possible for someone to be a believer and not be a follower. And it's our job as believers, it's our job as 
children's of, children of God, it's our job to go out and make disciples, not just converts. Amen. It's awful quiet in here today. It's our job to do this. It's the reason why you and I are here. And in order for us to do that, we've got to know what it, what it requires, to, what, what it is to be a disciple, and what it requires to make a disciple. Notice that Jesus in this passage, and you can go back to Matthew, uh, the 28th chapter. Notice that Jesus was, who is he talking to? He was talking to his disciples. I'll say this, it requires a disciple to make a disciple. It requires a disciple to make a disciple. You know, we know this, that we had uh, 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 Keegan was born and, and Bella Rose was just born last night. Uh, they were born and they, as human beings because their parents are human beings. Now, we're not sure about Joel, but, but we, we know that Melissa is, so <laughs> just kidding. But, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're human beings, and so they, their child is also a human being. You know, a human being doesn't have to worry about if you have a kid, is it going to come out and be a donkey? No, it's, it's going to be, well, Steveson, I don't know about that. Anyway, maybe if you're a Morgan, it, that's a problem. I don't know. But uh, no, when, when you have a child, you know it's going to be, it's going to be another, it's going to be like you. And in fact, you know, our kids, it was scary. Our kids were born and, and not only were they human beings, they looked like us. And, 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 and I'm sad to say, you know, that they, I, I hate it for them. I have to apologize. They even look like me. And so, you know, we, what, what my, what's my point? We, re, we, we produce after ourselves. Animals reproduce after their own kind. Plants in nature reproduce after their own kind. You remember back in the beginning that, that God uh, gave the command to, to, for these things to, to reproduce after their own kind. It, it, it's a law. It's a, it's a natural law that things reproduce after themselves. It's also a spiritual law. We reproduce after ourselves. You know, speaking of being a parent, as a parent, you know, I realize that I am reproducing myself and my children. You know, not just in their physical bodies, but in the way they think, the way they talk, what, the way they act, what's important to them, what they value. I'm reproducing them in my, in my, by my lifestyle and how I live and what I do, I reproduce them. You know, it's, it's, it's a, uh, Ryan was telling me in Showtime, you know, that Jack, he said, he keeps telling me every time when he's in there, Jack is just like you. Jack is just like you. And I'm like, really? I mean, is he really like me? Because, you know, I don't know. He's, he's kind of quiet around me. But around Ryan, apparently, he's just like me. And I don't even know what that means. Is that a bad thing? Well, okay, anyway. So he says he's just like me. I'm not quite sure how to take that. But anyway, he said he's just like you. And I have seen him with his friends. I'm extremely competitive. No, I know it's hard to believe. I am extremely competitive. I, 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 I know you're not supposed to say you hate something, but I think this is safe here. I hate to lose at anything. I, I hate it. I, I, I don't, what, what? Oh, yes. Thank you. Steve and I were playing a game of darts the other day. We got a new dartboard in the youth room. We don't do this all the time, by the way. We, but we had to test it out and make sure it worked. And so put the new board up there, and so we're playing, and I was whipping them. You know, I got up to, I was killing them and stuff. So, and then I couldn't finish it off, and he came back and beat me. I was so mad. I just stormed right out. I didn't want to talk about it. But anyway, I'm extremely competitive. And so, and Steve just laughed <laughs> and laughs at me, you know, and that just irritates me. So I'm going to buy my own dartboard at home and practice a lot and then come back and beat us. Anyway, um, 
But, you know, I've been around, I've seen Jack with his friends and I've noticed he's super competitive. I see that as well. Why is he that way? Have I, did I make the point to train my son, now, Jack? I'm telling you, this is something you got to know. You need to be competitive. I'm telling you, son, if you're an Anderson, you got to win at all costs, boy. No, I've, I've never had those conversations with him. Really? Yeah. No, I've, I've never had those conversations with my kids. I've never had those conversations. I've never, what's that? Is it, oh, is, oh, is Jack back here? His head's down back there. Jack, you know, he'll be in the youth group in just a couple weeks. I thought I'd get something in here before he's sitting here every Sunday morning and you snuck in. Are you competitive, son? Uh, okay, all right. No answer. If he said no, I'd say you're also delusional like your dad. But anyway, um, I mean, you know, we, we are competitive. Well, that's not something that, that I had to teach them that had to go out and say, how many realize that, that our kids and those around us, they learn not just so much by what we say, but who we are. What we do, I mean, my, my kids are competitive, you know, and they're, they're, they're also a few attributes of my wife they all have, but, you know, uh, a couple of little small ones that aren't that important. But anyway, uh, no, no, she said the good stuff are on her side. These aren't things that we have tried to, 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 to teach them. Now, there are some you have to teach, but a lot of things are things they just pick up on because they're just around us. And so we're reproducing after our own kind. Listen, and that's true in the natural realm, but it's also true in the spirit. The, mm, the, the, to, the degree to which our children love God is directly dependent upon the degree as parents we love God. We'll, we'll do a little dance there, right? The, the degree to which we value the things of God will determine the degree to which they value the things of God. You can tell uh, your child you need to love God, you need to serve God, but if you're telling them you need to love God and serve God, but your actions and your lifestyle say something else, how many of you know that lesson will not be learned? The only lesson that will be learned is that you can say it and not do it. And I'm telling you, that is a lesson that people learn. It's a lesson that people learn. And can, can we just be real for a minute? That is not a lesson that the Lord Jesus gave us to, to, to instruct. That was not from his lesson book. That is a lesson that came from the other side that's a lesson of compromise. And Jesus has nothing to do with those things. And so he's here, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He said, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. It's important to realize that he didn't give this job to just believers, he, because we know there's a difference. He, he didn't give it to unbelievers, obviously. Because I mean, you realize unbelievers are making their own disciples. This world and people who are of this world and, uh, and, and meaning that they believe this world system and are in the lie that this world, their eyes are covered, their eyes being darkened by the God of this world, that they're making disciples as well. Everybody is, every, both sides and everybody involved is reproducing after their own kind. It's happening. It's happening today. We're reproducing in our, of, after our own kind. Whatever we are, we're reproducing. So Jesus talked to his disciples, not to unbelievers, but more importantly, he didn't even talk to believers. Notice he did not tell just believers to go out and do anything. The, the instruction was given to disciples. What's a disciple? Anybody remember, what's a disciple? It's a follower. 
It's someone that it adheres to. We'll talk more about attributes of what a disciple is. It's not just someone who believes but is unwilling to confess or to acknowledge, right? It's someone who believes and, and doesn't care. We'll, we'll still acknowledge because that's what they believe, and so they're going to pursue these things. The command to, to create disciples, to c- create this, was not given to, even to believers. This is important. Was not just given, it wasn't even given to believers. It was only given to disciples, So that tells me that it's the Lord Jesus' expectation that all believers also be disciples. It's his expectation that we not just be believers, but we also be disciples. Are you a follower this morning? Are you a follower of the Lord Jesus or simply just a believer? Now, if you're not a believer, we can get that fixed today. If you've never accepted Jesus, we can get that fixed today. Woo, that's good news. And, and the good news is there is nothing holding that back from you. Now, the good news is there is no reason why you can't be a believer if you're an unbeliever. If you haven't put your trust in him, there's no reason why you can't do it. Well, I've done this, I've done that, I've said this, I've said that, and doesn't make any difference. If, you, if you're not one, you can be. It is an open invitation to you. But then it goes further. If you're a believer and not a disciple, and only you really know what that is, Right? Only you really know what's going on and what's really, only you really know what's, what's really going on, on the inside. If you're a believer but not really a disciple as we talk about these things, the good news for you is you can be today. Praise God. You can step in from the place of just being an, a, 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 fire, a, a fire insurance card uh, carrier. I've got it in my wallet. I, I'm, I'm safe. You can move from that, from a believer to a follower, a disciple. And it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you've come from. It doesn't matter what thoughts you've had, what words have come out of your mouth, what mistakes you've made. It doesn't even really matter what mistakes you're going to make. You can be a disciple, a follower of Jesus. You can be. It's an open invitation. But remember, whatever you decide to be, that is what you will reproduce. That is what you will reproduce. Whoo, praise God, praise God. So we're going to talk about some of these aspects of being a disciple and what this means. It's okay with y'all. Like I said, we're not, obviously, we're, it's 11.53. We're not going to finish today. We'll just do the first point, and then we'll move on. We'll, we'll, we'll come back another time. This is so important. This is so important. Remember what I said? We're, we're, we're living in the last days. What does that mean? That Jesus is coming back soon. Jesus said, uh, the generation that sees these things come to pass, as far as Israel being reformed and, and the, the budding uh, of, of the region and the, the, uh, the life coming into the region of the world, when you see these things begin to happen, you know that his return is at hand. That happened. So that happened. And so that generation will by no means pass away before all these things are finished. So we know, not just because we have a sense in our we even know it through his word. Jesus staked his own reputation on it. That's what that was. He staked his own reputation. When you see these things happen, 1946, Israel, I believe 1946, Israel was made a nation. When you see these things happen, the generation that sees that will by no means pass away. That generation will not pass away till you see all of this. What, what is all of it? It's all of it. It's all, I mean, th- you, what does it mean? That means this age that we've been living in, it's going to come to an end. 
Woo, praise God. And so if that, I wasn't alive in 1946. I won't tell you when I was born. It was a few years after that. 1940, I wasn't around. That generation is, is, is older than me. I'm 40 years old. That generation is older than me. Glory be to God. I know I look this good for being 40. I know. Woo, praise God. You just, anyway. No, I, I, that, that generation's older than me. That generation is aging. And you know that if Jesus doesn't tarry, you know, well, you, well just naturally speaking, that, that a person is born and eventually they're going to die. That generation is aging. And they're getting closer to, to the, this part of life being over. The life on this earth is over. They're getting closer. Their time is, is growing shorter. My time is growing shorter. Your time is growing shorter. Whether you're 10 or whether you're, you're 75, 95, 105. You're, every day is one day closer to our time being over here. Well, the time for that generation is coming closer to an end. Well, the good news is, if their time is coming closer, that generation, I'm not excited about them getting old. I'm excited about the fact that as the older they get, we're all getting closer to Jesus coming back and the things being finished here. I mean, I'm excited that, I mean, I'm not excited that generation's getting old. You understand what I'm saying? But they're aging. I'm aging with them. But their aging is a sign of the fact that Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back. And before he arrives, this is going to happen. Disciples will be made. People will come into the family of God. There will be a great last day, end time harvest, for the field is ripe unto harvest. The, 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 the question is, will, will you, will I, will we be involved in making those disciples? Will we be involved in or will we just be one of the ones taken? One of the ones that, that go and meet him? Or will we, have, will we have been involved in creating after our own kind? This is huge. This is huge. What we do with our lives in the natural really means nothing for eternity. What you do here means everything. And don't be mistaken, you are reproducing after yourself even today. You are reproducing. Praise God. It's 1157. We won't even get to the first point. <laughs> Good little introduction there. Amen. Praise God. I tell you, this is, this is a such an important thing. We're going to talk about some of the aspects of, of, you know, because if we're recreating after ourselves, you got to know what it is and make sure that those qualities are yours. Just like you have to, in order to be born again, you have to make sure you make the decision, right? You make the decision to put your trust on the Lord Jesus. Well, to go beyond that, you have to also make the decision to make sure that you are a disciple. The decisions and the, and the, and the uh, placing things of importance that would make you a disciple. Nobody can do that for us. Only we can do that for ourselves. Thank God we have the grace of God. We have his ability that's there to help us, but it comes down to us making those decisions to do them for ourselves. Ooh, and there is benefit. There's, there's great benefit. Go, go with me over to, um, uh, I wasn't going to read this one, but I guess I will. Let's see. Yeah, go over to uh, John chapter 8. There's benefit for you personally. I mean, not, forget even other people. Did you just say that in church? Well, yeah, I did. Just put that aside for a second. There's benefit for you being a disciple. 
In John chapter 8, verse 31, then Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him. Notice, he's talking to people who believed in him. There's a difference between just believing. He says, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples. He put an if out there to people who believed in him. If you, believe in my, if you abide in my word, you'll be my disciples. Well, he, talking to believers, if you don't abide in his word, will you be a disciple? No, he's talking to believers, and they have a choice of being one way or another, either a disciple or not. He said, if you abide in my word, you will be my disciples. And notice, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Oh, there's benefit in being a disciple. Listen, outside of being a follower of Jesus, none of this stuff will really even make sense to you. Why do people struggle? Because the things of God don't make sense to them. It's, it's, they're abstract thoughts, and they can't see how they apply it to their life. Remember Jesus talking to the disciples. He explained the parable and how the parable applied to their life. You, you, that's what he did. That's what disciples get. They get not just the word, but the meaning behind the word and how it fits to them. And because they understand how it works in their life and how it moves, and they have understanding of these things, you'll know the truth. That's knowing the truth. That's not just knowing here, that's knowing the truth. And that truth will set you free. I tell you, there's benefit for you as an individual to be a disciple. You will know the truth. Things won't be distant or unclear to you. And that truth, we'll say it this way, it'll work in your life. So what does it mean to be set free? Any kind of bondage that's there, you'll be free from it. Lies of the enemy, the enemy tries to bring your way, you'll be free from it. Family history of that or that, you'll be free from it. Why? You know the truth. You know the truth as a disciple, and that truth will set you free. There's a benefit for us to, to, even as believers, just being personally minded to move from just knowing Him and believing in Him to being a follower of Jesus. Well, praise God. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.